Day 2. The midnight sun is shining brightly when I climb into a bunk at 3.30am, and equally brightly when I wake at half-past nine. From 15th of October, the sun will disappear below the horizon and not rise again until the end of February. But for now, in mid-May, day merges seamlessly into day. Greenland is part of the Kingdom of Denmark, a massive, almost uninhabited ice cap over 50 times the size of its mother country. The base at Nord is manned for the Danish government by five soldiers, but one of them is away, so Henny, Jack, Kent and Kenneth are running the place at the moment. Two big supply planes come in each year, bringing all they need. Fresh videos, books, food and drink and equipment. The only thing they don't like is that it means letters. Well, not receiving them, writing them, they explain. They're so friendly, open and hospitable, there's a great temptation to abandon the journey and stay here, drinking fresh coffee with rich Danish bread, half listening to a rock and roll track by a Miss B. Haven entitled Making Love in the Snow, and gazing out to a view of icy fjords, bathed in crisp, bright sunshine. I asked Jack if the snow ever disappears. Oh, yes, he assures me. It melts in July and starts snowing again in August. Russ is unable to make contact with our next port of call, Nialesund in Spitsbergen, and the Danes say they will try and raise a weather forecast from the American base at Toul. This takes some time. But at midday, the news comes through that the weather is good, and after refuelling and repacking, we squeeze back into the Twin Otter. There are 325 miles between Greenland and the Svalbard Islands, of which Spitsbergen, Steep Mountains, as it was named by the Dutch who discovered it 400 years ago, is the largest. Part of Norway since 1925, it is for us an important stepping stone between the North Pole and Europe, and the first place where we hope to do without aircraft and continue our journey by land and sea. Below us, a mixture of black, clear water channels, pale blue icebergs and various shades of frozen and refrozen ice give the Greenland Sea a mottled effect. But as we cross the Greenwich Meridian and enter the Eastern Hemisphere, the effect of a warm current pushing up from the Atlantic changes the scene dramatically. The ice melts away and thick cloud hides the water for a while. When we see it again, it is only 1,500 feet below the plain and a fierce easterly wind is flicking spray from the top of angry waves. The twin otter is suddenly battening against a headwind and horizontally driving snow. Rust takes us down another thousand feet, but the visibility is no better, and before we hit slap bang into the side of Spitsbergen, he pulls us sharply up through the impenetrable but mercifully low storm cloud 